Marvel Studios are no stranger to hiring either up-and-coming or independent film directors to helm their properties. But if you told me that the guy who made a TV show called PG Porn would write and direct one of the most critically acclaimed and well-received Marvel movies, I probably would have called bullshit on that. But alas, James Gunn is that filmmaker, coming from a background in writing B-grade shock horror fests, including Scooby-Doo 2, to being now one of the most celebrated names synonymous with comic book movies. Gunn is also one of the only directors to shift teams, making waves in both Marvel and now DC with his upcoming take on The Suicide Squad in Aussie cinemas August 5, courtesy of Warner Brothers Australia and Universal Pictures. So join me today as we slither down the list of Gunn's super directorial filmography on today's monthly movie marathon. Joining my proverbial movie-loving Guardians of the Galaxy today is the editor-in-chief of Nova Stream Network, Movies and Streaming Australia, and the host of Lethal Reviews on YouTube, my friend, Alistair Leith. Alistair, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's awesome to have you on. This has been a long time in the, in the, in the making and the waiting, because uh, as we were just discussing before, I've... I'm written for Nova Stream for almost two years now. And this is like the first time we've properly like, we speak to each other. Like, don't get me wrong. We do this. not like, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, like messages the, and stuff. You're not the yeah. faceless like entity of a corporation <laughs> that I'm like working for. Does but, he exist? Yeah. Who is, is he Alistair? real? <laughs> That's not the case. Photos? Could you? Oh, could you imagine? I mean, and if but, anyone paid for that stock photo, you need a serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. If I've looked at every photo now on your Instagram and Facebook, and there's like a Getty Images watermark in the yeah. background now, and I've gone, oh my god, it's all a conspiracy. We have spoken to each other. This is our first like face to face because obviously I'm in Brisbane, you're in Melbourne at the yes. moment, and obviously traveling at the moment is a, is a non-existent thing. So this is our first face-to-face conversation i'm very excited to do it so again yeah me too thanks so much for having me i'm very excited very excited before we before we break down uh james gunn's films and and talk about his career do you want to give i and i would love to know a little bit more about it as well with uh what you do with nova stream and and movies and streaming australia and your own stuff with lethal reviews how did that all begin for you uh it all began because I was at uni and really bored <laughs> uh, and I was <laughs> trained by my uni tutors were Murdoch journalists oh, wow. uh, <laughs> and I really didn't like the way that they were telling me to review things um, and I kind of got really frustrated and went you know what I need an outlet of my own Uh, so I just started writing my own reviews and putting it on this little Google thing called blogger. If anyone remembers that. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I mean, I use that in high school. That was our like introduction to making websites. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to publish these and just see what happens. So I think my very first, no, I don't think I know my very first (laughs) review was bad teacher. 
Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, Cameron starring, Diaz. Uh, Cameron Diaz, which yes. is a great first movie to review. <laughs> uh, an interesting one. An interesting we'll one. Say. Uh, and I was living in uh, uh, Sydney at the time and I went to this really like small cinema that used, that is Greater Union. Yeah. I don't know if you ever had those in Queensland. I don't know if we did, but I know it was, of. It was Greater Event Union. before yeah. it was called Event. Yeah. Right. Um, and I got a little bit cocky, uh, mm. and spoke to the cinema manager and was like, Hey, so I just started this like website thing and I've just started writing reviews. Um, can I review the cinema? Hey, that's um, right. Do you want to have a chat and, you know, tell me about what's coming up this year and blah, blah, blah. And this was before influencers were a thing. Right. Oh, I'm making myself sound old. Um, <laughs> and- <laughs> And he was really, really nice and really gracious. And at the end of the interview, uh, he said, look, you know, you're obviously not on any media list, which, yeah, duh. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, if you want to, every week, send me an email with what you want to see and I'll give you a comp ticket. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's not a bad way to start it off. Yeah. So for 12 months, I went to every single new release, opening day, very first session. Yeah. Uh, and just like the most kindness him giving me that ticket yeah for sure you know two three tickets a week uh was just like the nicest entry into the industry possibly ever yeah uh i can't imagine that happening now no oh god no 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 you have to be like already established for shit like that to happen yeah 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 absolutely um I was also doing music stuff as well. So I was doing music and movies on Nova Stream. Mm. We don't do music anymore. No. Uh, and yeah, that kind of movies kind of really took off. My friends were like, oh, this is really cool. Can I, you know, write some stuff for you? And then it just kind of just became its own thing. Um, a lot of people that got like experience and exposure writing went on to get like paid writing gigs. Yeah. So then I kind of decided to keep it as like that kind of thing to like foster in new writers, give them a space to be able to do what they want. 100%. um, Give them, you know, constructive feedback. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and and that's kind of what it's great for is to be the fact that you had done it for that period of time beforehand, you can sort of foster that sort of help anyway, which is something that not a lot of people get or give anyway. So Yeah. And then kind of go, here's some media contacts. Yeah. Good luck in your career. And yes. Then yeah. The next bunch of people come in. Yeah. And that's kind of how it how it works. And it used to irritate me, but I actually really love that now. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's been really good having you on board. I've had and a blast, we should man. Chat in person more often. I hundred percent, I hundred yeah. percent agree. But I and that's obviously been my experience with you as well, is that uh, I when I applied to write for Nova Stream. It was, it was one of those moments where I was like, this is the most brave and bold thing I can do for my career. Like right now. So I was, I genuinely was like worried if I, I I was worried if I didn't get it. I was like, am I, am I shit? Is this not (laughs) going to be the thing I can do? Um, And then I I already heard of you anyway. Right. Um, That that makes me feel good too. (laughs) You know, I don't know if you know in person, but um, Brit girl. Brittany yes I don't know her in person but yes I've spoken to her yeah yeah so she already knew you and then when I got your thing yeah I sent her a message and I was like hey 
um, Nick just applied and she wrote back, let him in. I'm like, okay. Oh, so she's never said that. Oh my God. She's never. She's arrived in the stream for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before she went overseas. And yeah, amazing girl. Yeah. That's incredible. Oh man. What a, that's crazy how we find out these little things. Yeah. About how it works. Talk in person more often. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, that's been my experience in Overstream anyway. Like the first, first review I ever wrote was for The Witcher. And when you wow. said to me, oh, oh, I think you just put it in the group. You're like, anyone want to write for The Witcher? And I remember, and I don't condone this. I was driving at the time and I saw it on my watch and I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, I'm not passing this up. And I was like doing the classic every red light. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> can I have it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and don't do that. It's illegal. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes please. you got you to shoot your shot and sometimes you just got to take the yeah. risk. Uh, and I, you graciously let me have it. And I was freaking out that I got to watch the Witcher like two weeks early. That was, and then I was like, I have to make this review. One of the best things I've ever written. And I, and I, I hope it was really good. Um, it definitely was. Yeah. And it sort of definitely now has snowballed into this thing where we sort of, uh, obviously you gave me a, an entry into a lot of things. You hooked me up with Disney up here in Queensland, which was fantastic for me as well. Uh, and probably the biggest thing I've ever done was because uh, when Mortal Kombat came out, Universal Warner Brothers uh, sent an email out being like, we're going to have talent. We're going to have CeCe Stringer in Brisbane. Uh, Does anyone want to interview her? And I was like, I don't think I'm going to get it on my Instagram alone. So I was like, "Uh, I write for Novastream. Don't know if you heard of these guys. Uh, And turns out they had. And that's what got me through the door to interview CC Stringer. So I got the biggest interview of my career so far because of Overstream. So uh, it's been fun. We, I've had an incredible two years, almost two years, and I definitely yeah. plan on plan on having more. And, that, and that's good. And that's the point is that yeah. it's about you and like yeah. giving you an opportunity where you might yeah. not previously have had it. Yeah, for and sure. That's why I do it. Yeah, I love that. And that's the, and like I said, it's it's so rare. Uh, obviously, I speak to the critics up here. Obviously, uh, my friend and he's been on the podcast before, Peter Gray, is very similar. He gave me a lot of foot in the door with media screenings here. It took me along as his plus yeah. one and, and let introduce me to people. But even still, there's there's people who do go to the screenings in Brisbane, and I'm sure it's the same when you're in Sydney. I'm sure it's the same in Melbourne, who aren't really that personable or really nice and would not give these opportunities to young and upcoming writers. I'm sure names nope. of firing through your head right now because i definitely have names firing through my head and then that's that's the thing it's some people are truly in it for themselves uh but when you're part of a a review community i guess like Mm. you can't lose the community aspect and i think what you're doing with nova stream and and now the newly launched massa movies and streaming australia is the same same deal it's it's just giving that opportunity to writers And, and when you have writers coming in you know, every couple of months who, uh, you know, who write incredible articles uh, and obviously in our group chat on, on Slack and stuff, we all get along so well. So it's a, I think it's a fantastic community that you've harbored together uh, with, with the Nova Stream team. Um, but enough ass kissing out of the way so I can keep my job. Um, <laughs> it was never uh, in jeopardy. <laughs> uh, we're here today to talk about James Gunn. So obviously the Suicide Squad is coming out. Uh, when this episode drops, it'll be next week. So next week, the Suicide Squad comes out. 
are you, are you, firstly, are you you're excited for the film? You're you're a comic book movie fan. It's it's not uh, a secret to many people. I'm apprehensive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I'm. We'll see how it goes, and we'll probably get into this later. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. But yeah, I'm definitely apprehensive because of Guardians Two. Is what I will say. Right. Yeah. Okay. That and that's interesting because I think that's definitely something we'll we will touch on when we break that down. But obviously, the movies we're talking about today, uh, James Gunn's directorial efforts, uh, and he's only directed four movies, which made this a pretty easy episode to put together. I found that bizarre. So I, no, I, I feel like it's more. <laughs> it, I feel like, and especially because it's been four movies over like now what 2021 is like 15 time. years yeah yeah so it's interesting but obviously he's done a lot of writing i think that's probably where we mm. more so he wrote the scooby-doo movies he was famous for the the trauma uh horror films as well so uh it's interesting that he's only directed four but the four movies we are going to talk about today we're going to talk about 2006's slither 2010's super and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2. But what was your first experience with James Gunn, whether it was writing, directing? What's the first James Gunn movie you remember being a part of? Uh, it was Slither. Right. Was that yeah. when it came out? Or Yes, it was. Ooh. <laughs> oh, look at that. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember wanting to see it because yeah. it looked the poster looked very similar to The Faculty which was oh, out true, at yeah. a very similar time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, ooh, okay, cool. Um, I was kind of like just getting into horror. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, this looks cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, taking in like the comedy horror thing was like interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. What about you? What was your first? The first, like the first time I knew I was watching James Gunn was super. So okay. super for me, I was working at, at Blockbuster at the time and it was, it was a new release DVD. Yeah. Um, and I took it home and I was like, oh, James Gunn. I was like, that's interesting. And I looked up his stuff and obviously the only thing he'd done before is Sliver, but I really didn't pay attention to it. And the only reason I wanted to really watch Super was because I was 16, I think, when it came out. And it was an R18 movie. So I was like, I work at a video store. Ooh, <laughs> I could do no whatever I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, because I was, you know, a little rule breaker back in the day. I was one of the cool <laughs> kids. Um, and so Super was my first foray into to James Gunn on DVD. Um, wow. and it's kind of funny that we we sort of now he's obviously synonymous with comic book movies. We talk about mm. that Slither and Super were our first forays into James Gunn. So he's he has a very unique voice in his films like i feel like when you're watching a james gunn movie you know you're watching a james gunn movie there's an absurdity yeah. and an awkwardness to the characters that i are uh, that i really dig do you, are you a fan of gunn's style whether it's writing directing stylism are, is there things about it that you enjoy yeah definitely um i like his writing and i'm yeah gonna be unashamedly insane i really like scooby-doo yeah um, <laughs> scooby-doo scooby-doo one sorry. for me is a lot of fun yeah number two not um, so much but number one i do it mm, yeah like that i really i think i like his writing yeah more than his directing yeah that's that fair is a weird thing to say but very no true. i get it i get it um 
but yeah i i don't know i find you can't really tell visually that it's a james gunn film right across all four films okay yeah yeah um there's no kind of like you know moment where you're like yeah this is a james gunn movie like visually yeah that that makes sense i think that's I feel like that's probably maybe and unintentionally maybe phrased the question as unique voice because that's what I th- I feel like the absurdness yeah. and the awkwardness comes from the characters and the situations more than his visual mm. style, which even considering he's a guy who, who's done probably two of the most, I guess, like for better word, colourful movies in the Marvel Universe, it's kind of interesting yeah. that, yeah, we're more attracted to his his writing than anything. Um, obviously, with Guardians 1 and 2 as well, he's very well known for his soundtrack in those two movies and i like i yeah yeah go go ahead i like yeah i can't like guardians one yeah and i'm probably gonna get hate for this is my favorite marvel movie of all time oh no way no like them i feel like that's it's the best a fair call like it's the most cohesive it's the most entertaining it's the most like the soundtrack alone is amazing. Yeah. The characters, like it's rare for me to cry in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Post like before Guardians. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that one to got you. Yeah. Get me to cry over a tree. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. directing. Holy and shit. Writing. That's that's amazing. and we'll definitely masterclass. We're definitely going to talk about that because that's some, yeah, some of my, we'll some of my notes later, later on. But, yeah, but yeah. I, I know what you mean. And I think for, for me, that similar feeling actually comes in a scene in Guardians 2. So I agree with you. I think Guardians is definitely the better of the two. It's not my favorite Marvel movie. It's definitely up there. I probably even top three um, okay. because it's, it's very well done. And it's good as a standalone Marvel movie too. Yeah. That's yeah. what I really like about yeah. it as well. Yeah. Uh, but the soundtrack in both of those movies, I remember when Guardians 2 first came out and Spotify released both volume soundtracks as like a one playlist thing. And I had that yeah. on repeat That's a good in the time. car. That's a great yeah. time. It's great. It's yeah. good gym music. It's good driving mm. music. It's good drinking music. It's all of it. So he's got a great eclectic, eclectic taste with his yeah. soundtracks. Now, before we, before we break down the first movie, he's done horror. He's done, I guess you could call comedy crime, and he's done superhero movies. Outside of superhero movies, what is a genre you would like to see James Gunn tackle? See, I feel like he could probably do a romantic comedy really well. Mm. Because I think he would have that quirkiness and he would have the humour to deliver something really different along the lines of Trainwrecked. Right. Yeah. Sorry, yep. train wreck with yep. um Amy Schumer. Yes. Like it would be similar film to that. I get that. With I, uh, yeah. You sold me on the quirkiness. I think that's what would make it such a lovable movie. It would be like yeah, yeah. pointing out the flaws in romance rather than like ro- like romanticizing yeah, them, romance. Then playing into it. Yeah. And it would uh. be characters that you would remember rather than not, which yes. tends to be the case in those films, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Romantic comedy is a good one because I was going to say I actually wouldn't mind seeing him take on a biography, but of someone who is a oh. bit of an in, like more of a absurd who would you person. Pick? That's what I don't know. 
that's the thing. I oh. want someone to be someone who is sort of known in the world for something very abstract that they did. I don't know whether I have no ideas in my head right now. And I wish I did. I probably should have done a little more research on that. <laughs> but I just feel like he he does, even though he does superheroes, you know, mostly, he finds a real human side to it. And yeah, I think yeah. he's very good at exploring that. I think he's very good at exploring human emotion. So I feel like have, taking on a real life story would be a very, very interesting take for him uh, to do. And I think it probably would restrict him a little bit. I don't think he'd be up. Maybe like, I don't know, trying to think of true stories that feel larger than life. Uh, I can't think of any movies off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, I feel like a biography. Yeah. yeah. Could you, right, could you <laughs> I imagine? I don't know where that came from. Okay. But could you imagine him doing a share <laughs> biopic where all, oh, of the, all of the songs that she sings? So it'd be a musical, obviously. Yeah. And totally. it, Okay, Rocket Man. There we go. Imagine to him James Gunn's Rocket Man, yeah. but with Cher. There we go. S- someone from there Universal, pay me. Pay me right now if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> There's your next billion-dollar movie. Uh, well, speaking of billion-dollar movies, uh, James Gunn's first Ooh. one was not that. Um, no, it wasn't even close. <laughs> what a smooth little segue into Ooh. our first film. So the first film we are talking about today was his first directorial effort uh, in the feature film category and that is 2006's Slither which currently holds a critics rating of 86% on Rotten Tomatoes and an audience rating of 63 Where, what side of that do you lean on? Are you more with the critics or are you more with the audience? Mm, definitely with the critics. Definitely with the critics. Really I like this movie. Slither is a lot of fun. It It is so absurd. It is so weird and it's kind of cool that it's sort of in his wheelhouse of that that schlocky b-grade horror that he came yeah. up with as well um <laughs> anyone who casts elizabeth banks and nathan yeah. fillion you're Wish already that. like you're already winning just <laughs> with the, those two it's the go-to for gun too and nathan yeah. fillion yeah. is great in this movie elizabeth banks is great in this movie mm. and michael rooker is great in this movie as well my michael Definitely. rooker to me seems like the sort of actor who I would always assume just takes on serious roles. Like, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, get dressed up in body paint or absurd, weird (laughs) costumes and just come in. Like he's got a real serious, like eighties man vibe about him. And then he's doing all these these James Gunn movies, but it's, I I love it. But for those who haven't seen Slither, uh, it's a movie. The synopsis is a small town is taken over by an alien plague turning residents into zombies and all forms of mutant monsters. The first mutant monster being Michael Rooker's character. Uh, and we get that pretty awesome opening scene. There's great practical effects and yeah. practical gore in this movie. Uh, it has that B-movie vibe to it, though, as well. So it's not realistic gore. It's very heightened. Uh, yeah, with you its never score. take it too seriously. Never take it too seriously. <laughs> and that's, I, I like, it's, I always wig people out when I'm like, oh, the violence is really fun in this movie. And they're like, you're fucked in the head. Like, How is violence fun? But no, it's fun. <laughs> it's yeah. really fun. It's totally. super fun. Kids, you'll love it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, for me, it's that whole first like 15, 20 minutes is just that like possessed Michael Rooker that sells the movie. I love him. I love Michael Rooker in this film. Um, when he comes home and he makes the bed of leaves, 
like in the in the shed. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks comes out, she's like, what are you doing? And he's just like a dog circling the leaves and just sort of jumps into it. Like got the biggest <laughs> laugh out of me. Like, yeah, can you just imagine like what? <laughs> what would you be thinking if you came home and someone was doing that? And he's got this what? real possessed, like he's obviously possessed, but like his possessed look. Yeah, is, just like she, the face. Yeah. He's just, and Elizabeth Amazing. Banks is just like, oh, I'm just, okay, we're alone tonight, I guess. Like I'll sleep in bed while he's down in that bed of leaves. And she's like, there's nothing wrong with this. You do you. You I'm do you. You fucking do bed. you. Um, <laughs> I, I also couldn't believe, because this... I feel like this is the James Gunn shock horror vibe that he goes for, but yeah. I cannot believe that he kills and eats the dog in that scene as well. <laughs> and they were not afraid to show the aftermath of that. Oh no. And <laughs> I, do you know what? Whenever I see the trailer for Suicide Squad and they say from the beautifully twisted mind my, of James Gunn, that's the scene that I <laughs> that oh my god, because when they reveal yeah. that dog, I'm it was disgusting, but there was also a part of me that's like <laughs> The movie needed it. Yeah, like we, yeah. we needed it. We needed. If you didn't have that. it, it wouldn't have the same impact, right? It wouldn't have the same impact. But the yeah. whole the whole first half of this movie is basically them chasing Michael Rooker, like he's slowly mm. transforming as he goes through. We've got Elizabeth Banks as the wife. We've got Nathan Fillion as one of the one of the police officers, um, who is amazing as well. When they first react to him in the um in the house when his like arms like real long and dangly <laughs> and he sort of runs out of the house and Nathan Jillian's obviously like, Oh, what the fuck is going on? Um, I think that whole first half is great. Uh, a great, it feels more like a horror film than a comedy film. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Other way. Yeah. Around, sorry. It feels more Not like a comedy, comedy film yeah. than a horror film. So it's, it draws you in with like a, a real fun sort of vibe and a real, you know, this is going to be a lighthearted movie. Um, and there's some great lines. Like, of- really lighthearted. Well, no, it's okay. Lighthearted is maybe the wrong, maybe <laughs> maybe the wrong word uh, to say that, but more so in the sense of like it, it's way more enjoyable than the premise would lead you on to believe. Like an alien oh, yeah, plague definitely. and zombies and people yeah. mutating. And even whatnot. the poster is like quite like oh yeah right because like, that's really? the is that are you looking at the poster with the lady in the bathtub? Yeah, yeah, right? and the yeah. So like yeah, it's intense. It's creepy. You like you kind of yeah. and you assume it's going to be these like little slugs and stuff everywhere, but the movie definitely would take yeah, if you if that's all you had going off, you would be like, "Oh, this is going to be really fucked up." And then the comedy comes in. Greg Henry is the mayor. Is so funny. He's <laughs> when when they're in the police station after they've seen Michael Rooker and he's like, "I was all bendy, mayor." Well, it's obvious Sebastian's got Lyme disease. What? Lyme disease. You touch some deer feces and then you eat a sandwich without washing your hands. You got your Lyme disease. Where does that even come from? <laughs> Where does it like come what? From? Like there was no explanation. Like usually there'd be like, you know, he's got this, he's got this. It must be Lyme disease. But it's just but like it's just Lyme disease. he's got he's got Lyme disease. Like it's like it's a regular thing that happens in, in that town. Um, where is it? <laughs> Southern Carolina? Like what? Really? Okay. <laughs> It's cool. The cop, the cop even said, know. the cop even said, like his arms dangling down. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's Lyme disease. Lyme disease. <laughs> what, what did she know about Lyme disease? 
Like, what, what are we going to do about it? Flimsies. <laughs> Just call a doctor. But then, like, the movie definitely turns more into a horror in that, yeah, second, yeah. in that second half. And we get a lot more kills and we get a lot more of the body horror. Um, it still keeps that comedic tone. I like, I definitely enjoyed uh, uh, the jokes that they would throw in and out because I feel mm. like the comedy at the beginning sort of gives you a pass for any funny moments that happen and sort of break the tension later on. I feel like a lot of horror films don't get that right. Like horror films are scary from start yeah. to finish and they throw that comedic one-liner in. You're like, well, it's broken. Just the to illusion. kind of break the tension. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. at least starting with comedy, you've got that. Like when they play, when they're at the, um, the massive barn and the cops play rock, paper, scissors to see who has to yeah. go inside first. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> you, but you would also think like, I don't blame them for, <laughs> for, yeah, for I'd doing probably that. Just say. Um, yeah. And then we get like the first real instance of body horror in that barn scene when they find Barbara, the balloon uh, in there, who is the woman at the beginning of the film, who is having the affair with Michael Rooker's character and who sees him get infected by the alien. And she turns, she's, she basically says she can't stop eating, even though she's not hungry and it literally turns her into a balloon. And the prosthetic is great. It's like just her face yeah. with this massive so skin wall. <laughs> and everyone's just like, uh, this is disgusting. What is this? And then they fucking, <laughs> she bursts in front of them all. And then all the little slugs that we see on the poster come out, which is cooked. When it starts eating yeah. it, they start eating everyone. They start pinning everyone down. There was like a genuine sense of threat in that scene yeah totally. because every there was so many slugs and everyone's just like you can't move on the ground they're grabbing everyone's feet i mean elizabeth banks and nathan fillion get away all the other cops get of eaten course. and killed yeah. which is great because you obviously you want them uh to yeah. survive the rest of the movie but that the barber of the balloon and then obviously the human blob at the end of the movie are great uses of body horror yeah, definitely. Fantastic uses. Um, and I love the fact that most of it is practical. Like, yeah, whatever yeah. small budget he had to run run with this movie obviously went to the to yeah. the right places. Because yeah. what is it? A $15 million budget I've got here. That's oh, yeah. pretty, like, for what they did. Because that's pretty small, right? That's tiny. Especially that's, even in 2006, yeah. I was like, a pretty standard yeah. mid-level movie budget though. But even still, like the practical effects of that human blob where yeah. everyone is just coated in that disgusting skin prosthetic. Uh. There's fucking limbs everywhere. <laughs> it is genuinely gross to look at. Like it, it can yeah. only come from a beautifully twisted mm. mind of, of James Gunn. And I just, I love that they're, their way to sort of counter the slugs and the human blob and all the gases that's coming out is to wear face masks. I genuinely was like, Ooh. this is, this is hit a little too close to home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I watched it last week and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> like is James Gunn the prophet? Is he, what does he <laughs> yeah, know that he, we don't? Are we, yeah. Are we Are all slugs next? Oh no. my God. <laughs> is that how, is that how this whole COVID thing ends? We're all in a human blob it's together. Slugs. <laughs> Brenda the balloon. <laughs> um, James, James Gunn also. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I think we're about to say the same thing. Oh yeah. Uh, go, go. Appearing as Hank. 
Yes, yes, yes. I was gonna say he, he same, loves same. loves a cameo, loves a cheeky little cameo, loves a cameo. I, he... I secretly love directors that do that. I so, I really yeah. really love it, and I feel it's, like it's their right. Oh and God, it, yeah. As a like film buff and enthusiast and reviewer slash whatever, <laughs> it just makes it even more special because I know who that is. Yep. And it's just that moment in the movie, like, oh, I know who that is. It's fun. It's 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 and, like fan yeah. service without being fan service. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like a Stanley wink. Yes. Um, it's a complete like like why are people reacting to who that is? Yes. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Different different to say the Jenna Fisher cameo in the film who plays the receptionist as well. <laughs> Uh, which, which I was like, oh, that's a fun, that's a fun cameo to have and and whatnot. But I, I like that James, James Gunn's cameos, especially in this and and Super is one in Super. Mm. Obviously, we'll talk about it. it's it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But it's different to like a <laughs> it's different to like an M Night Shyamalan who loves putting himself like in roles in movies more than anything. Um, I don't know if you've watched Old yet. No, he, he gives himself a juicy, juicy role. Uh, oh, lesser cameo. Uh, okay. I won't say anything more for anyone who hasn't seen it. But uh, his cameo is great. Jennifer Fisher's cameo is great. And then the ending of the movie where the blob finally explodes and just fucking body parts and goo and gore everywhere sort of rounds out a pretty great movie for me. Like I, yeah, yeah. there is just fun horror. Yeah, I think yeah, that's totally the best way to describe it. The post-credit scene. Yes, the I post- love it. I post- love it so much. It was like post-credits before post-credits were a thing, right? It really was, actually. Yeah, because not no one yeah. was doing it. It's kind of great, but no. I do love the fact that there is there is this illusion that oh, we could get more. Imagine now, because yeah. obviously the post-credit scene is a cat uh, looking around the slugs. Uh, oh yeah, the, for those who creature. don't know. So I was gonna say, yeah, people should have watched these movies as as the homework for the show. I put them up every week. Um, All right, okay. Do your homework. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because the one thing I wanted this podcast to become is a is a lesson, is a is a teaching tool for kids to have to go and do homework and watch Slither. Um, But yeah, the cat comes and and investigates the slug, and sort of alludes to the fact that we could have a cat's blob next. I guess. Would would you be down for a Slither too? I don't know Global. if I'd I don't know if I'd want him want it now. I yeah. feel like because okay. I feel like they would throw too much money at James Gunn to do it. Yeah, that's a really good point. But if it was like um hmm. like similar budget. I I'd take it because I think I'd love to see like and like straight to like Peacock or HBO Max True, or something. Yeah, if they did like a and streaming, just give film, him yeah. that similar budget and say, "Hey, make us a sequel." I think pop. he could do it. I think he could do it. I think he'd definitely try and make it more of a uh, an emotional story. Which I'd be like, "No, just stick stick with stick to what you fun. know, buddy. Yeah, stick to the yeah. fun. We want the fun. That's give us more Elizabeth for. Banks. Give us yeah. more Nathan Fillion. I obviously Nathan yes. Fillion would come back in a heartbeat because oh. him and Gunn work together all the time." I don't know if Elizabeth Banks, I feel like that would be her salary for the movie. Probably. Yeah. I would hope she would, though. I would really hope she, I would hope she'd even offer to come back and, like, if Gunn wrote it, imagine if she directed it. 
Because yeah. well, is she? Charlie's Angels, right? I did see Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did see Pitch Perfect three. I think she directed that too. Oh, yeah, yikes! And now oh, she's doing. I didn't know she directed that. I think she did. Oh, I know she was heavily involved with something with Pitch Perfect three outside mm. of acting, but okay. And she's also doing the Invisible Man spinoff. Yeah, so I made a really funny tweet <laughs> about that. Oh, maybe that's where I actually found the news out. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe yeah. that's where, uh, I, it was like I think it was announced the week that Charlie's Angels came out. Ooh. Um, oh, and I yeah, said okay. that maybe they could take a film crew uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> film the insides of a screening of Charlie's Angels <laughs> and call it the Invisible Audience. <laughs> it's Oh, I remember you know what I hate is that I love her so much. Yeah. Like she's so funny and so talented. Yeah. How did she miss the mark? Anyway, <sighs> not about Elizabeth Banks. No, she's that's an true. Incredible actress and a yeah. very, very funny person. Yes. Um, and yeah, I would love it if she did come back to this. I would love it too. So maybe, yeah. you know, I think you've, I think you've sort of made me come around on that one. I think, yeah, definitely same budget, put it on streaming. Yeah. And, and I feel just, like you'd get this movie's like cult status. So there's a audience yeah, right? here for it that would totally rock up for it. 100%. Yeah. And, and cause yeah, definitely cult status because it just got released on the umbrella imprint collection Blu-ray for its 15th oh, anniversary. Really? Yeah. And I know it's, I think it's almost mm, sold out so very quickly. I know. I know. Uh, That's a sold out. All right. JB Hi-Fi. <laughs> unless it's a JB Hi-Fi, which they have currently 30% off all Blu-rays and DVDs. I think you might be doing some shopping after this recording. It seems. Can we just pause the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just have to go on jbhifi.com. Just hear those yeah. clicking away. <laughs> hear the trend, the ding for the transaction. <laughs> um, and it was a really cool case too. Ah, bug up. So they've sold out. Oh, right. yes. That's the one. Yes. It's like a, re- yeah. I'm leaving all this in. I'm going to, I'm a hundred percent. We're going on this ride together. What the hell? Yeah, it's a cool case. It's a really cool cover. If you that case is amazing. If you're listening, you should. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you're listening right now, just go on to jbhighfire.com. I'm very sorry, but don't don't apologize at all. I'm a 4K enthusiast, so I can't buy that. True. Yeah. Well, there we go. I'm already doing the 4K stuff. Sorry. Umbrella Entertainment. Everything else, I'm buying streaming. If you're listening, let's get a let's get a 4K version of sliver mm. i would so. totally buy it <laughs> but a great it's a great I would, case it's i would seriously cool. buy it i and i'm shocked i don't have it like that's the mm. like I, I rented it to to watch it for this so i yeah I, I want to add this to my collection now and that was my first time watching slither i'd never seen it before watching it for this so i was very pleasantly surprised really yeah yeah and i hey. loved it absolutely loved it nice. which is a little bit more than I can say for the next film in James Gunn's filmography, which was 2010's Super, currently sitting on a 49% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 56% audience score. So rotten in both regards. Mm. When was the first time you watched um, watched Super? <laughs> At the movies. At the movies. Yeah. So it got a cinema release here. That's even, I didn't even know that. Okay. Um, I think I, because I was into superheroes, right? Right. So yep. this appealed to me a bit more because, you know, there weren't too many 
superhero movies around. <laughs> yep. But like upon rewatching it, I can definitely see how terrible it is. But yes, yep, yep. There's just something about it that I right. really liked. Right. I get that because I can't pin what it is. I, I can't hate like this movie. Yeah, I cannot hate yeah. this movie at all. And yeah. definitely in comparison to Slither, it's not good. Like comparatively, you, I would think it's a different director altogether because Slither actually looked, <laughs> we were talking about how we're not necessarily, not necessarily fans. but join the dots, right? Right. Because yeah. James Gunn's directorial style felt very different in Super. It felt like it was mm. a very, it felt like a first movie. That's what it felt yeah. like. It felt like his first movie. True. It's significantly lower budget, two and a half million dollars, which kind of makes oh, really? makes sense wow. for that. Yeah. And I'm guessing okay. it was probably hard to greenlight that budget based on some of the content in the movie. Because yeah. again, the beautifully twisted mind of James Gunn, he definitely brings it to the to the table on this one, but in a more of a thematic sense rather than a uh, body horror of violence. I think for me it was the timing too. Like right. um, Kick-Ass was out around the same time. Yes. Yeah, 2010, both of them, yeah. Definitely similarities. Yeah, yeah. So I think when you look at the two and like Kick-Ass was the superior movie. Again, if Kick-Ass you compare the two, that's what you do, right? Yeah, you, so your, your brain automatically goes towards like yeah. one is good, one is bad. Yeah. So like 2021 folk, if you just look at it as a movie and yes. you don't, it's not a product of 2010 when Kick-Ass was out at the same time. What? Why would you watch that? Um, <laughs> it's a different beast, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I, I've only seen it twice yep. last week and when it came out. Um, and I think I definitely appreciate it more last week than I did when it came out. For sure. Do you, do you think that, did it affect... Like if you were to give the movie a score, did it affect the way you would score the movie as well? You would put it oh, a bit hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely rate it higher now than I did back then. Did you back then? Yeah. Because Super is probably, like I was saying, thematically probably James Gunn's like darkest movie. It actually, it actually kind of yeah. deals with some shit. Um, yeah. And for those who haven't seen it, uh, again, do you, do your homework. But for those who haven't yes. seen it. Uh, you should the, have watched it if you're listening to this. You should have watched it because we're spoiling the shit out of it. Uh, <laughs> the synopsis is, after his wife falls under the influence of a drug dealer, an everyday guy transforms himself into Crimson Bolt, a superhero with the best intentions but lacking in heroic skills. So it's basically kind of like Kick-Ass. That, like I said, that's a very similar premise, just an everyday dude yeah. who wants to get rid of the bad people in the world. This obviously, Rain Wilson... As uh, as super or Frank, sorry, cast, as he's in the again, movie. the cast is so cool. Okay, this this and fucking I think cast that's what makes me love it even more is unreal. The fact that he hmm. was able with literally like what an eighth of the budget, like yeah, to get Rain Wilson, Elliot Page, Liv Tyler, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, Michael Rooker again, yeah. like Kevin Kevin Bacon would have been a huge pull, and Liv Tyler to be honest, still in and- two thousand ten. Even, and I'll put it out there, like, even Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's in the movie. (laughs) Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini would, like, a cameo, basically. Yeah. 
And this is like, was this the first movie that Sean Gunn was in or was he in Slither 2? I don't remember him in Slither. I, I don't remember, but this is him with a, a role in Super. Yeah, yeah, with like, like a he, memorable role. He's got things to do in this one, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, no, he yeah. wasn't in Slither at all. No. I just had a Okay, cool. Up. Right. So yeah, so it's Sean Gunn, brother of James Gunn, who obviously is now in a lot of mm. all of his movies in in a big way as well. But this is insane, and then obviously Nathan Fillion back as well in a really, really great role again, making yes. Nathan Fillion <laughs> basically a superhero <laughs> Jesus, the uh, Holy, the Avenger, Holy Avenger, which uh, which is the catalyst, I guess, for. Frank becoming super is inspired by the Holy Avenger uh, <laughs> uh, on a TV Sorry. on a TV show. This is, so this is obviously after Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler's character, um, Sarah, has, uh, has is obviously a recovering drug addict and who falls into with the drug dealer Kevin Bacon, and Kevin Bacon basically steals her away from Frank, and he's like, "I want to get her back," and. <laughs> When he's watching TV in a world where hentai is just free to air access television. Uh, and he stays on it for a little bit too long. You're kind of like, but I guess like if you, if that popped up on like fucking channel nine or something, you'd be like, Oh, I'm just going to make sure this is, Oh no, it is exactly what I think. Let's change the next channel to the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is, a religious superhero TV show <laughs> about the Holy like the, Avenger. Amazing. Like amazing. <laughs> Which I fucking love the, the um, all Jesus network. And the Holy Avenger is fighting another cameo, James Gunn as Demon Swill. <laughs> so it's James oh, Gunn painted. Oh, I didn't know the name. Okay. I because in my notes I initially just wrote Satan. And then when I was looking yeah, it up earlier, I was like, his name, is, his name is De- Demon Swill. <laughs> Um, which I love, but it's, it's okay. James Gunn painted in all red. He's got the pointy oh, ears so and the, the devil's tail. It's great. And the show is hilarious that Rain Wilson's watching. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah go ahead. Do you know what? Do you know what I did like? I And this is kind of a weird off thing. No, no, go. Um, I enjoyed the movie Brightburn a lot more than other people did. Yes. Okay. A lot more than other people did. And a lot of it was to do with Elizabeth Max. Um, yeah. And it felt like a James Gunn film. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Um, even though he didn't direct, he did produce. I think he produced and he, he wrote, wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it with oh, his okay, cool, other yeah, yeah. brother, yeah. Uh, and Crimson Bolt is in the... He is too. Is, uh, he, is it the end scene with Michael Rooker as the... Hang on, hang on. It's the... I could be wrong. I feel like it's the end credits through the end credits where the Michael mid, Rooker. Ah, uh, here we go. Mid credits scene. There we go. Crimson Bolt makes a cameo as a photograph in the possession of a conspiracy theorist blogger. That's named right. Big T portrayed That's right. by Michael, Michael Rooker. Rooker. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> IMDb, the goat play coming through. Um, which is I I, I have been. Movie. Well, I've been toying with going back and watching it because I, I don't I don't remember giving it a positive review. I okay. think, but I have this in the back, you know, in the back of your brain when you're like, maybe I was wrong and you want to watch it again. All the time. That's I, me. I, with I still feel that way about Space Jam 2. Ooh. Because the critic okay. I sat next to loved it. Yeah. If yeah. you're listening, 
if you're listening, hello, I still judge you. Um, <laughs> and I was laughing and scoffing and eye rolling all through the film yeah. and turned to him and said, I can't believe I just sat through that. And he was like, I know, wasn't it great? And I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? And then I did watch it a second time and I went, it's actually worse this time. Oh, no. That's, see... On the tangent of Space Jam. I don't want to get stuck. No, not to. I just, I I made the correct choice, I believe, in inviting a friend who has two young boys of his own. Smart. Yeah. And I sat next to them and they're laughing. And because obviously he only has, he's only allowed to watch family movies at the moment because they're like nine and six or something. Yeah. So they're loving it. He's loving it. We're looking at each other every like thing that pops up and going, ha, 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 Like, so I think I enjoyed it through them. I also that only experience. gave it like two and a half out of five. Like, I did not say it was a good movie. But I know that's significantly higher, than, um, yeah. <laughs> significantly higher Look, than a lot of other people gave it. The Looney Tunes stuff was really good. Yes, I think it, it was. successfully yeah. reintroduced the Looney Tunes into the modern world. Yes. And if it was just a movie about bugs traveling to different Warner Brothers surferverse worlds, yep. getting the Looney Tunes back, yes, it would have been a rehash of the Muppets movie, but, but I would have been there for it and I would 100%. have enjoyed the hell out of it. We didn't need LeBron and we didn't need the basketball. Next. No, I, I, we definitely didn't need LeBron for that. Let's stick to, stick I, to basketball. I hated him. Like, I didn't even know who he was before this, yeah. but I actually actively dislike him now movie. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know how you can get worse as an animated character too like literally 50 percent of the work's done for you as an animated character and you can't and i thought like come on like it, this is like a massive slow stroking of your ego mm, and then yeah. i found out that he was involved in the filmmaking process. So he actively contributed. Oh, God. I didn't know all- that. Oh, anyway, stop, stop. We anyway. need to move on because I just hate <laughs> it so much. Uh, well, okay. we're glad that so- Frank's influence wasn't LeBron James, <laughs> but it was instead the Holy Avenger. Um, <laughs> and so, Ke- oh. so Kevin Bacon's the bad guy, right? Kevin Bacon is this yeah. evil drug dealer villain. He's such a good bad guy. He is so fucking... He like- plays a dick so well yeah when, when he comes yeah. in and is like eating the eggs that frank's cooking and he's just like i just fucking love your eggs like you make the eggs so well and then when he when frank runs out to he's waiting in front of the nightclub in his car and he's like sarah sarah you gotta come home and obviously kevin bacon whose name is jacques in the movie as well if you want to be even more of a fucking dick <laughs> you go, jacques uh, he, and he's like i don't know who this guy is and it's like, I cooked you the eggs. I cooked you the eggs. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've stolen your wife. But, yeah, your eggs are really fucking good. I love your eggs. Uh, it's. I did write a note, and I'm kind of ashamed about this, but I wrote Kevin Bacon and eggs. Was that intentional? <laughs> and now I hate myself for saying that out loud. Oh, so. <laughs> my God. You need to tweet that to James Gunn. I'm you not, need yeah. to tweet that to James I'll do, Gunn. I'll do it tonight. I'll ask him. that's amazing. Whether it was intentional I love or not. It. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Oh, I feel like it probably was ex- intentional. And he's just waiting for someone to put it together. <laughs> my friend. Could you it imagine? You. He's He's got this, this stipulation where he's like, 
I will never make another movie again if someone cracks this code. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bacon and eggs. And he's like, and I- right, Guardians 3 is cancelled. <laughs> you can all thank Nicholas. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll refrain from it. Um, so, yeah. Hentai TV, Christian TV. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's eating eggs. But then, so he, the Holy Avenger is this Nathan Fillion superhero. Uh, and in a, in a scene that you could either describe as divine intervention or mental illness, honestly, like you, he, the hand of God comes down, has tentacles come out of it, slice the top of his head open and touch his brain <sighs> and gives him the powers that he doesn't have or the, the, the courage to become super. <laughs> I mean, like, I love that. I think that's my favorite description of that scene. of it. Just because I've read it, but I've never like heard someone say, <laughs> but right when you because you're watching it and you're like it makes sense in the movie yeah. but now yeah, I'm, gonna, totally. I'm saying this to people who may have never watched the movie before i'm like hey yeah. there's this sort like, of like thematically grounded like dealing with like things like dr- like drug addiction and, and mental illness and things like that but also there's a scene where tentacles come down and cut a dude's brain open <laughs> and god gives it superpowers <laughs> it's fucked from the beautiful twisted mind of james gunn um yes. So he becomes he becomes super and he goes through the superhero montage like and obviously this was made famous in the same Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man the montage yeah. of creating the costume and making all the sketches and stuff coming up with the the catchphrase and whatnot and he goes out and tries to tries to be a superhero uh not well but not well at all not well at all goes from <sighs> not being able to like capture anyone to bludgeoning people to death with mm. a wrench with a giant monkey wrench um in some of the more violent scenes in the movie um Very violent. and the it is incredibly it just and it goes from zero to a hundred with the violence yeah. as soon as he becomes the superhero and starts mm. bl- and not realizing that <laughs> oh i i could probably just like maim these people instead of bludgeon them to death uh it, it's that intensity that's sort of there's a again a funny a funniness about the violence yeah yeah it's insanely absurd but before um uh as as he's sort of transitioning into the superhero world he meets well he goes to a comic book store to do his investigating and asks to read the holy avenger in which elliot page is there and gets becomes obsessed with the fact that Frank is trying to be a superhero now and wants to become his sidekick, uh, who she, or she at the time, sorry, he uh, has these, this crippling addiction to wanting to also commit violence <laughs> to people that they don't like. So it, it, it's kind of like one of those perfect meetings of, of people who shouldn't be with like with each other. You know what I mean? Like it's, they're exacerbating yeah, yeah. the worst parts of each other. But I do like that the film sort of makes that 
super obvious. It's like the you shouldn't really go for these guys. So bacon yeah. and <laughs> eggs. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But that's but that's <laughs> that's the, yeah. in the sense like the movie isn't condoning what these guys do. They're literally yeah. being like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. Um, and it's just that absurdity again. Yeah, it's the absurdity of both of them trying to stop crimes and, and the way they do it. Like when Rain Wilson sprints, like two kids are trying to buy drugs off the drug dealer and he sprints <laughs> across the street and you can hear him sprinting across the street and just yeah. launches into the drug dealer and tackles him to the ground. <laughs> that whole montage was great. I loved that montage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the And then we get to hear his, his catchphrase. Don't steal It's fucking brilliant. Oh. It's just so absurd. <laughs> I, oh fuck, man. And the um, uh, what's what's Elliot Page's um, uh, Bolty, Bolty is Bolty. the superhero. <laughs> and there is some manic energy. There is some manic energy when they become Bolty. But I, <laughs> yeah. This is like, like we talked about how like Slither is a cult film. I yes. feel like Super is even more of a cult film. This is very um, niche. Like. Yeah. Um, like I was reading earlier um, and <laughs> plug, plug. Um, yeah, yeah. The Fantasia Film Festival, which we're about yeah. to cover this year. Hell yeah. Um, back in 2011, gave this film a prize. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, it's like the only award that this film ever won, um, <laughs> and it was like best international film prize. Oh, super by James Gunn. Yeah. You know what? Fantasia Fest like, does not shock. Like that doesn't shock me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> In the slightest. It's the perfect place to award that award. That's um, hilarious! Oh my god! Yeah, and I don't, and I don't know whether now James Gunn loves them because he's going to be part of this year's film festival. For Suicide Squad. Suicide I'm Squad, yeah. Excited. Because they're, yeah, they're, I've read that they're getting it a couple of days early for Fantasia Fest, which is very cool. Mm. And if, hey, if it just magically became digital, virtual conference, that would be a fucking oh, it awesome. Is. It is. It is. Oh my it God. Is. I have my everything crossed. Yeah. And- <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm, we're sending yeah. that positive energy out like, into the goddamn on. universe. Um, <laughs> Oh shit, yeah. Well, and then rightfully so, yeah. because like Fantasia Fest is that like cult crowd that would obviously like fucking adore James Gunn. Like movie. eat it up. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Um so we got the violence, which is obviously something we had in Slither as well. Yes. Uh, which obviously I, continues right to the end of the movie as well. I feel like it's turned up more in this though than you- Slither. Yeah, I, I, like I agree. Way more in this. I agree because, uh, like, a lot maybe of maybe in a different way. It's a different way. Yeah, so, like, Slither, okay. Slither okay. is Slither isn't actually like frequently violent, but like when it is, it's very mm. in your face. Super actually is pretty True. frequently violent, and it's yeah, yeah. a lot more like and it feels more intense. Yeah, yeah, it's like in quotations, yeah. it's like grounded. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you would believe that someone who oh. is slightly unstable 
slightly unhinged, would run around with a monkey wrench and kill people <laughs> and think, and imagine the excuse now, like God mm. told me to do it. The Holy Avenger yeah. told me to fucking do it. You did the, the, like today you'd be like, that seems plausible. And I think that's yeah, why this one totally. hits, hits a little different. Yeah. We also yeah. get the very uncomfortable superhero sex scene in this movie, which... Oh, I was wondering if you were going to bring this I, up. I, 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 be, I feel like if I didn't bring it up, people would be like, wait, why didn't you talk what about you it? Doing? Yeah. Because it is very uncomfortable to watch. And again, I feel like it matches the tone of this movie. It's, oh yeah, hundred percent. It's 100% yeah. again showing mm. that these two unhinged people shouldn't be doing what they're doing together. Ooh. But it is not nope. easy to watch. <laughs> it is not easy to watch yeah. at no. all. Um, it's still awkward now. It's like, super <laughs> fucking awkward. Like it just even. And I watched it, it alone. Like, like it was. So <laughs> <awkward>. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, I uh, like I that's how you know life. it's working. It's definitely working. Well, yeah, you're you're in the comfort of your own home. No one else around. No yeah, one knows you're no watching it, and, and you're like, still going yuck. <laughs> like I don't yeah, this like this. Really weird. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> um, I, speaking and on a on another sort of side of the spectrum of gross out humor, when mm. he throws up after the sex scene. And sees Sarah's face in the toilet, in the vomit. It's just so fucked up, dude. This movie is cooked. It's not even so the good. violence that's fucked. It's, and it's great because you kind yeah. of go like, when we talk about his next movies, you it makes me go, how did they let him into Disney? How right? did he go from this to Marvel? <laughs> He's a- what? Yeah. All creative mm. control, and that's what he yeah. does. And then you give him creative control in, in some, and he's obviously a self professed comic book movie lover. But there was still be a part of me that's like, oh God, it's like, I, what, have, what have we done? I really feel like Kevin Feige would have been like, <laughs> we got to have a chat. But, <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's what makes me really like Kevin Feige, possibly even more. Yeah. Is that he took that risk and. <laughs> Oh well, I'm look at it now. Sure like, he's happy with that risk. I think he's very happy um, with that risk. And and you got to yeah. think about some of the other directors like Marvel have, have brought on, mm. who have made good movies but haven't really done anything since. As yeah. soon as yeah. like we like we haven't really we didn't touch on it in the beginning. Like when when Gunn was fired and then rehired by Disney, yeah, mm. I, I, I'm in the same. I'm of the same ilk as that. Yeah. That reaction in the sense of like. He, he didn't go on to do nothing. He signed straight on to do a massive DC movie. Like, yeah, DC movie. And they offered him Superman first. Right. Like, How crazy is that? Winning. And he like, was yeah. like, no, I want to do yeah, the suicide. Do this. Like, have I you s- have you seen the shit I've made? Is kind of like what he said. And he's like, I yeah, will do yeah. the Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it shocks me every time because, and then it also shocks me that the level of violence at the end of this movie. So like the whole movie uh, comes to the, the apex of yeah. he's going to the mansion where Jacques <laughs> and Sarah are uh, in order to get her back super and Bolty both there. And then literally within like a minute, Bolty is shot in the face, has the face cleaned half off. It, 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 which is actually like a crazy emotional reveal. Yeah. 
Like, cause she's yeah. just lying on the ground at that point and then turns over and just half the fucking face is gone. Yeah. It's insane. Insane. In- like, <laughs> and the music in that part was really well. <sighs> who Tyler Bates, who's again, worked with gun since on guardians of the galaxy. It's a great score in that moment. It was, it was mm. genuinely a, an emotional moment. And it but was it, all kind of like, yeah. It, it made that scene real. Like it, it kind of like then exacerbated the point of like, this is not good. Like this shouldn't be happening right now. There's real stakes and real people and, and stuff. I think that's what I feel like this kind of approach to superheroes is kind of what made guardians work yes yeah yeah yeah. and this like if you look at this film like i did this week um and then watch guardians it just makes so much sense right yeah why marvel chose him and why that point in the mcu they needed this they needed when you look at the comics of guardians and you're like how the hell do they think that this is a good idea yeah it's anyway, flawed. Well, no, it's true. It's flawed yeah. superheroes. Like that's what I. That's what I love about the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's exactly what Super is. He may not be a superhero, but he he's flawed. Yeah, incredibly yeah. flawed. But you still feel for it. like you feel bad for the guy. But you can the first yeah. two minutes of the movie, and you feel bad for him the whole way until the. <laughs> it feels weird to say the happy ending that this movie kind of has <laughs> in a really fucked up sort of way. But uh, there's yes. some great deaths in that, in that mansion massacre scene. Yeah. I mean, the, I love that there's the guy on fire and then he's still stabbing. He's like stabbing the guy <laughs> while he's on fire. Like he's going to die. Right? I love that moment. There's the, he has the projectile on his wrist, the projectile blade. And he shoots it oh, yeah, into, yeah. into the dude's nutsack. I mean, it's very childish. It's very juvenile. But very funny. But very, very funny. <laughs> and, very uh, and very fucking entertaining. Which is, yeah, you know, what he would have been going for, right? The the stick of dynamite he throws at the like guy the and the dude just blows up. Yeah, it's yeah. entertaining violence. Like, that's it's, it's yeah. a real thing. And if you don't believe it, then you're wrong. Because uh, <laughs> violence can be entertaining. <laughs> Uh, and, um, yeah, so he, and then he gets, so he kills Jacques with that projectile, projectile blade mm. in the dick and gets Sarah back and we get sort of a pro, uh, sorry, an epilogue, I guess, mm. which kind of, he's like, yeah, it didn't work out between me and Sarah. I went through all of this and it didn't work out and you kind of go, what the fuck? But then it keeps going. And then it's like, and then she fell in love with someone, had two kids. They call me uncle Frank. And then he has all the drawings on his wall. Like it's actually a really, really, it's bittersweet, but it's like, yeah. I was kind of sad at the end. I was like, this is actually kind of worked on me yeah, <laughs> really well. Um, I think it was, yeah, definitely the second time that it really, really worked for me. I'm like, yeah. okay. Like you I remember at the time. More, yeah. 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 Um, and that's when you go, when people say, you know, such and such was ahead of its time. This is definitely a prime example of that. I just realized I can see the infamous Hawaiian shirt. Oh my God, right? I only (laughs) just picked up on that. It just hangs (laughs) in the background there. Infamous Um, Hawaiian shirt. I don't believe it's even hanging on anything. It just just, hangs by itself in midair. It just floats. (laughs) It it, it's literally a spiritual being of its own own power. Never wash it. 
No, that's the rumor. That's what I hear. <laughs> this is what people that's tell me. The secret. The secret. Uh, and that's incredibly true. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, instead of washing it, I just go every 500 followers, I just change it. So, ah, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm 16 followers away from a new you, shirt. You, 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 have, <laughs> you have about 500 in your um, spare yeah. room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm just ready to go. Next. Just, just in case, just in case. One day I blow up and go viral. I've got enough shirts to keep up with the, the demands. I'm single-handedly keeping Lowe's in business. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Oh, God. Well, before the microphone mishap, I don't, I can't remember what we were specifically discussing. Neither do I. It was it's all it's about a, the shirt now. It's a bittersweet ending for the movie, um, <laughs> and I, I definitely, I definitely enjoy it. I don't think it's his yeah. best work, but I definitely, I appreciate it a lot. I do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But then, as we sort of alluded to, out of left field, James Gunn is now a Marvel director. With 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy holding a critic and audience score square of 92%. Certified fresh at 92%. You obviously... Rightfully so. Rightfully so. As you said earlier, it is your favorite Marvel film, hands down. What to you... And I guess we sort of touched on a little bit, but what to you makes Guardians of the Galaxy the best Marvel film and I'm assuming your favorite James Gunn film. Don't judge me. Everything. Um, (laughs) It's like just the fact, like I'm one of those rare people that knew the comics before the movie came out. Right. Because this was really an obscure property for Marvel to grab onto. And not successful. Right. It didn't make any sense. Right, why they were doing this at the right. time. Okay. Um, and there were characters like Cosmo that I already loved and Howard the Duck that were in the comics that I loved. And I couldn't get my head around how this was going to work. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Really? Um, and then you look at the cast. The cast. Wow, the cast. <laughs> um, the cast kit of one. Yeah. The, <laughs> I need a refill. Um, like Chris Pratt... Zoe Saldana, Finn Diesel, Bradley Cooper, <laughs> Karen Gillan, who we didn't really know at that time too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Doc, I'm assuming Doc's- she was like just starting in Doctor Who. Yeah, sort of like yeah must have, yeah. Maybe. John, John C. Riley, Benicio Del Toro, Glenn fucking Glenn Close. Close in a- Marvel still shot me when they're the able fuck? to- yeah. When they're able to pull- famed acclaimed actors like that yeah yeah like glenn and glenn close in a marvel movie shouldn't yeah. be in a sentence together i was back living with my parents at yep. this time in my life and i had tried to get them to watch because they like action movies okay and they like big blockbusters and i tried to get them to watch any like resemblance of a marvel movie and they just never liked it Right, okay. And I don't even remember how, but it was the first time that I got to take my parents to the movies in a very long time, and it was to Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And I knew that the soundtrack would win them over, 
So yep. I was already like half in. <laughs> um, and every time I saw my mum for like probably six months after this movie, she would always say, I am Groot. I love that movie so much. Oh, it's one wow. of the best things I've ever seen. And like that from my mum is a really, <laughs> really big impact and thing to yeah. happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, but apart it- from that, just all of these characters are so flawed and so effed yeah. and to put them all together and have you root for them and care for them and yep. want to see them succeed in their, you know, in their primary mission. And then even their little revenge field field yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. Is such a hard thing to get right without it being a complete mess. And he's and this is the film that made me go. James Gunn is a freaking amazing director as well as writer. Yeah, because at any point it could have just gone off the rails and been a mess, right? Yes, it's it's, any point, especially with like the ensemble part of it. It's dealing and like I said, every so much going on. There's so much going on in this in the like think about introducing new characters. Each of these characters had their own backstory and shit to deal with. Yeah. Plus they're also connected in the MCU. Plus this is the film that introduced us like more so to Thanos outside of an end credit scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is the yep. Thanos introduction to the MCU. This movie's dealing with a lot. And like I said, he, he holds it together. Like it's a great movie. It is genuinely a great movie, let alone a great yeah. Marvel movie. A great Marvel. Yeah, exactly. And you could even take all the Marvel stuff away. Yep. You could take the connected universe away. Yeah. And this would still be an incredible film. Oh god, without yeah. Without the interconnected universe, you could watch this on its own. You can still follow it. You don't need to be part of the, you know. gang to know what's going on no no Um, not at all it certainly helps but (laughs) like oh i can't say enough good things about this movie (laughs) um i think like the breaking moment of when they're all wrapped around in groot which if you don't if you haven't seen the movie just for context yes yes talking tree creature (laughs) who literally says i am groot that's the only words. thing you can say. I am Groot through the whole movie. Um, and look, I give a lot of shit to Vin Diesel because I think he's a terrible actor. But the fact <laughs> that he recorded I am Groot in so many different languages for this yeah. film. Yeah. Hats off. Hats off. Um, having all these characters enveloped in Groot. God, that sounds weird. Yeah. Um, as they, you know, as he like literally <laughs> sacrifices his life to save them. Yeah. I've never cried in a superhero movie until that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and for my mum to cry at that point is like testament yeah. to the power of the story, the directing, everything about this movie that just worked. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, just amazing. Like this is, yeah, as I said, my favourite Marvel movie. It's my favourite James Gunn movie. Um, and I just don't know if you can ever beat it in my personal opinion i and i think the key to that is the the james gunn's ability to 
make emotionally investing characters. Yeah. And I've I've noticed yeah. I've noticed lately, even when they're jerks, even when they're jerks. Like think about Rocket Rocket Raccoon is the biggest dick, second to Star Lord, right? And yeah, still, totally, they're both lovable as hell. Mm. It helps that Chris Pratt is incredibly charismatic and very funny, and it also helps that Rocket is a raccoon. Like he he's like just a cute little yeah. buzzball creature. Um, <laughs> But it's a test, and this is something that I've noticed, and I think I think I've finally cracked my code as a reviewer. I think I fully understood okay. like how I am. I love movies based on how they make me feel. I will give a yeah. movie a higher score if I've had an emotional reaction to it, and yeah. I think James Gunn is really good at getting those out of me because yeah, I love sure. those. I love these flawed characters who come together as a family mm. unit or something like that. And those ones, those movies always hit me really hard. And that's why I think Gunn's perfect for the Guardians of the Galaxy, because yeah. like we said earlier, they're all flawed as hell. But the fact that in the end, you love them to pieces because you realize that even though they're flawed, they still just want to do what's best for each other. Yeah. It's a, it's beautiful. And he Gunn pulls those emotional punches right at the beginning when we see yeah. Quill in the hospital with his dying mother. With his mom, yeah. That's a horrifying scene. That is, inc- I, I can't imagine what that w- would have been like watching it with your mom there next to you too, because you just get the idea, you just think. you it's just like plants that idea in your head, like, what yeah. if that was me? What yeah. if it was, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's awful, but it's a great emotional opening. Mm. And then a great soundtrack and a great scene with Quill dancing uh to come and get your love yeah. before he gets the just yes yes that, like that zoom out shot you know the one i'm talking about i know the one you're talking where he's about dancing yeah. and he kicks the creature yeah like it's just the perfect intro to this world a hundred percent and then we get the massive guardians of the galaxy title yeah, card. Logo. Yeah, yeah. i know the one he's talking about it's yeah. it's so well constructed it's a colorful movie Every yeah. planet they go to feels like a different place in the universe. It, it's it's a visually into, like uh, captivating movie. It's emotionally captivating. Its soundtrack is captivating. Like it hits all the right that notes. Soundtrack, yeah, the soundtrack's fucking great. But it feels <sighs> but it feels like a James Gunn movie. At the yeah, same time, totally. All yeah. all the pros of it are the James Gunnisms. All the faults mm. with the movie, I would say, are more Marvel-based. Like, I, I don't think Lee yeah. Pace is a bad actor. And I don't think he... I actually don't think Ronan's a bad villain in the movie. But comparatively to everything else you see, it's noticeable. It's yeah, a definitely. noticeable sort of, yeah. like, flaw within the movie that he's just mm. kind of... He's kind of there so the Guardians can get the Infinity Stone. Like, that's... Yeah, pretty much. It's the shoehorn moment. And I like Lee Pace. I think he's actually a really good actor and everything else yeah, is in yeah but it's just like generic bad guy just a very but you know what i think that is indicative of phase two of the marvel yes yeah for sure yeah it's how so, yeah it's phase two is the how do we get from we figured out our formula but how do we get from from the beginning how do we get how to do the we infinity stone how do we get yeah. to thanos is basically it um yeah had, and everyone has to have their little side stories. Everyone had an origin <laughs> story, basically, um, for that. But what wasn't missing from Guardians of the Galaxy that we obviously did see in Slither and Super was that really witty 
offbeat humor uh, that Gunn does so well. And a lot of that is just the banter between the Guardians of the Galaxy, who, I mean, like we said, Chris Pratt's hilarious as, it, as, as he always is and everything. Yeah. But it's Zoe Saldana is underrated funny in this movie because of how well she plays the serious role. Like she is fucking incredible in this. Oh, I okay. see. I would come back to you and say Karen Gillan was better. Okay. That's okay. Sorry. That's no, no, don't, don't apologize because and I, that's I not just to think say that... I'm not pitting two women against each other. <laughs> I do love Zoe Saldana, but yeah. I really felt like Karen Gillan, this was like, yeah, for her to, and spoilers, just start, <laughs> to start off as this, you know, crazy, sadistic, evil villain. Yeah. And then to turn her around into this like sibling rivalry yeah and then you understand the bitterness and the jealousy and the anger yep and then to be able to turn that around and understand her and love her it's so much more layered for me okay no i get that than what zoe saldana did with her character yeah not to say that she was bad i know what you mean yeah definitely enjoyed Karen Gillan more, but then again, in the sequel, I liked Zoe Saldana better. I know what you mean. I know. I and I think I think we're on the same wavelength as to why we like the characters like on the opposite ends. Because for yeah. me, I I think Karen Gillan is the best as Nebula. I yeah, haven't I liked her in much outside of it, and that's oh, she I, was good in Jumanji. Oh, she is in Jumanji, isn't she? Okay. Yeah. She is. Okay. She is fun in Jumanji. I just, I forgot those films exist. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't the biggest defender of those movies. Uh, right. But I, I think recently to, to Gunpowder Milkshake, and I wasn't a fan of her in that because I was being like, you sort of are playing this empty nebula character in a movie that doesn't, doesn't really suit it. And yeah. so- and then I and then I watched Guardians one and two after watching Gunpowder. I'd watched them again after that, and I all I could see was that. So I'm I'm wondering whether I'm just going. Oh, maybe I don't love Karen Gillan that much. Maybe it could be me. But I get what you're saying about Nebula. Is sort of how I feel yeah. about Gamora. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, but hey, <laughs> everyone's allowed to have differing opinions. It's all good. Just don't put them on the internet for anyone else to hear <laughs> and you won't get lambasted for it. Keep them to private Zoom calls. <laughs> that are get... turned into podcasts. Oh, fuck. That's what we're doing? Oh, no. Uh, we're done. Cancel us both now. Um, but the, the humor is on point in this movie. Like, oh, 100%. And Drax is written with so much care and so much precision that he is a fantastic, like his lines are hilarious, but I feel like him himself as a character is the, the emotion is deeply rooted with the fact that he's obviously trying. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, it's a character. Like it's, 
I, and I, I, I only say this because I, I read this interview about Gunn, but obviously Drax is a character who would be aligned with someone who's on this, on the autism spectrum. Mm. And I remember reading an interview where uh, a mother wrote a letter to James Gunn uh, and took a, took a autistic son to see the movie. And he mm. laughed at bits and pieces here, but everything Drax would say, he was hysterical at. He was laughing so hard at. And he said it was because he could understand, he, like he connected with Drax on that level. And I think wow. I actually okay. feel like Drax is written so intentionally like that. Not mm. just to be, not just to be a character who may be obviously someone that you can align with at that, uh, with the, anyone who may be on the spectrum, but more so in the sense mm. of like, it creates such a care about the character. Like I love Drax. Like to me, Drax is like someone who I want to see get, get revenge for the deaths of yeah, his, his you family. you root for him. You root for him wife. as a character. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily like him all the time and I don't necessarily love Dave Batista all the time, but I like Drax and I like the idea of Drax and I care for Drax. I liked him better in the sequel. I liked him a lot better in the sequel. Yeah, but I definitely like you. Definitely sympathise with that revenge plot in the first film, right? Yeah, Absol- absolutely. Uh, God, like switch God again. Fucking damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Good fucking times, boys. Oh, yeah. Just go in. What is going on? Sorry, listeners. Um, Nick is having some issues getting it in the hole. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Uh, it looks like he has, he has found it and everything is fine. I swear this never happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you see that all the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, Drax is great, uh, but no, I agree. He's, <laughs> he's better. He's better in the sequel. I agree, but I do. I do feel yeah. like James Gunn, at least in the first movie, from a screenwriting perspective, wrote Drax with a lot of care, a lot of precision, because obviously, yeah, definitely, it's a character mm. that needed it. Mm. Um, and we were talking about obviously how this is sort of the introduction to the Infinity Stones uh, mm. as more of a concept. So we'd obviously seen like stuff about him in Thor of the Dark World and, and whatnot. But this is where we sort of get to see the power of a, a, an Infinity Stone, which is cool. And we get Benicio Del Toro as the collector sort of explain a bit more about what oh, they are. And God, I love right? him in this movie. Like you, this is... <sighs> you need a man yeah. as eccentric as Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. To yeah. Like I feel off. like he said, can I just bring some clothes from home? And James Gunn went, sure. And then he <laughs> rocks up on set and everyone was like, Yep, that works. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> it's his own hair. It's his own little goatee. His like, fucking leopard print oh, coat. I love. Like those are some of my favorite scenes in the movie, just yeah. for the pure absurdity. Oh of God, the yeah. whole thing, and having Howard the Duck in the background was just such a like yes, uh, yeah, moment for me. And um, then obviously the end credit scene with Howard the Duck as well. I'm guessing. Yes. Yes, definitely. A voice by Seth One Green. of my favorite characters. Um, well, do you think we'll ever see a not. Howard the Duck I property? I think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe as like a Disney plus Hulu Modoc style show. Right. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah. Maybe. But not, I don't think in the cinematic universe. Marvel Cinematic Year. No, <laughs> a little too obscure. I feel like Guardians Although is as much as they're going to stretch. Yeah. Ooh. And look, it worked. 
And um, Shang-Chi is very obscure and they're obviously yeah. making that work. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think after the movie, 80s movies, disaster, <laughs> I, I don't think they would entrust an entire movie just to Howard without tying it into at least another property or two or three. <laughs> just bit piece cameos here and there. I, feel I like. would, you know what? I yeah. And this is really off topic. No, no, I, no. Someone told me via Reddit that Howard the Duck is in Avengers Endgame in that massive scene. No. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm waiting for proof. I don't believe it because it's Reddit. Um, well, yeah. But I must, must, must try and find if it's true. Um, and if it isn't true, I feel like we owe it to the world to pause that movie scene by scene, zoom right. in with all of our powers and try and find if that is true. Because I feel like it's not. I, look, I feel now, like we would already know. I feel like 100% it would be like it would blow up and people would already have screenshots yeah. of, of this going around. But I'm looking. Oh, here we go. I've just. So just, oh, yeah, I've apparently. Howard the Duck is coming on the What If Disney Plus show. Oh, that's cool. And he's being okay. voiced by Seth Green. So ah, even more interested. So Seth, Seth Green did his voice in uh, the the cameo of uh, at the oh, end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, right. I remember reading that little little bit of trivia. Um, I'm looking so, for him. Right, <laughs> this is. I've, uh, I've actually found something. Okay. And I don't know if it's real. And I'm definitely going to, after this, jump onto the movie and see if I can find it. Let me send you a screenshot. What's your name again, Nick? Send me the screenshot. Right. I'm, I'm looking at a whole lot now. Yeah. They all seem to be the same screenshot. I all right. don't know if it's true. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking at. Yeah. That yeah. seems too good to be true. If it's... If it's real, yeah, I'm very happy because I actually really love that character. I'm, um, you know, I'm putting Gun- Endgame on after this. Like, I'm 100 yeah, going to put Endgame. Um, <laughs> and the fact that Gun shoehorned him in, knowing, like, I feel like knowing that this is such an obscure '80s movie that people yeah. hated, uh, <laughs> kind of feels very James Gunn to put in your movie. Yep, no, and fair. make a thing about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely fit in with um, Benicio del Toro's collector perfectly. It was a really fun, perfectly. fun cameo there. And then, but yeah. like we said, like even talking about how this movie does feel even more like a James Gunn movie than a Marvel movie, it's that absurdity. Yeah. And that's one of the yeah. reasons it's just mm-hmm. so fucking weird. <laughs> but then we got the Marvel stuff too, which works, which is hella, like insanely enjoyable. I love Yondu's whistling arrow and the, his destruction in both, like obviously, I think Guardians so Two good. has a cooler scene with it, but even still, mm. like the all these introductions in Guardians One were cool when Guardians One came out. That's the thing; mm. they just guns made a lot of them cooler in Number Two. Um, but I love Yondu. I love his whistling, uh, his whistling arrow. And then of my one of my last notes here, I've got brute sacrifice, which is like you've already said, the one of the most emotional. Wow. Marvel Cinematic Universe moments, but just beautiful. What a beautiful moment. Yeah. So well done. 
And not only is that like, it's the most emotional part of the movie and it's where the team comes together, but it forces the team to come together again afterwards when they're holding the infinity stone, where when Quill's holding the infinity stone. So it's kind of like Groot is the reason and his death is the catalyst of, of bringing the guardians of the galaxy together as a proper team. Even when like rockets holding his remains. Oh man. Fuck that. just like, yeah. Yeah. Me. It just, oh yeah. I just, man, go, go. I I have no words. (laughs) Like just like, I haven't watched it in a long time. So watching it this week, I was just like reminded of how amazing it is. Yeah. Um, even like Glenn Close, like Dude, Glenn yeah. <laughs> freaking Close as Nova Prime. I like, love it. I really hope she's back for number three. I hope so too. I, I really hope John C. Riley comes back as well. She is. She said her contract has several films. Um, there we go. And I really hope that she comes back in three because I feel like her and yeah, John C. Riley would be such a good addition to to play more with. Yeah. And in, yeah, in this in this world, I'm kind of glad they weren't into because I, I, I and I'll I'll touch on why, but I'm definitely glad they weren't in it for story reasons. But uh, I would love to see them both return. But I feel like probably one of my favorite lines in any Marvel movie is when they're holding the Infinity Stone, and Ronan is perplexed as to how they can do it, and he goes. Immortal. How? You said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> that line is great. Like, it's so because it's so not like anything that Marvel's exactly. And it's and it's like a it's like a uh, hard bitch too. It's like yeah. a there's yeah. emphasis on that. Which again, yeah, it's just like you go, oh, oh, that's. Not allowed so, in a Marvel. We've just come off Age of Ultron where they were like telling yeah. Iron Man off for swearing. God. And then we got, yeah, I know. That's Language. like whole. Yeah. <laughs> and now we get we get uh Guys of the Galaxy, which is full of like again, the the hilarious line where it's like, he got my dick message. Like, I love yeah. that as well. And and it's good, it's I'm glad they sort of let gun go a little bit. Yeah. Like, I do appreciate yeah. that. Um uh, I don't yes. know if you read this, but yeah, my research too, I read that Gunn said there's a lot of scenes that didn't make it to the movie. Okay. Um, and he really hoped that he could add them in later. I'm like, oh man, I would love to. I imagine Did- that they are probably full of that kind of stuff. I, yeah. Uh, the more the more Gunn probably, than Marvel stuff. Yeah. And it was probably like going, no, no. Oh <laughs> God, no, no, no. Disney, no, no, yeah. no, no. Just there with a big big permanent marker just crossing pages of the script out <laughs> and i want all the superheroes to have sex ah. and, well yeah i wouldn't i'm like this is the first movie with no sex scene right from gun for, from gun yeah. yeah 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 so and i'm i'm wondering whether we'll get one in suicide squad and i feel like this is very suicide squad esque yes in, like yep, yep. in relation to the characters, but I feel like they're definitely more on the hero side than the. Yes, yeah, side. they're less and they're less yeah. anti-villain. Oh, sorry, yeah, anti. Yeah. Oh, and they're not. They're neither really. They're not anti-hero. They're not anti-villain. They're just sort yeah. Of they're criminals. definitely more heroes. Yeah. They're definitely more yeah. heroes in the end. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, 
was revolutionary for the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe and I guess for comic yeah. book movies in general. And so Gunn had a pretty big task to follow that up with the sequel. Uh, and then in 2017, he releases Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I think is a pretty cool title for the yeah, movie. I, I, I like, like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still very highly rated, but lower than the first movie, a critic rating of 85% and an audience rating of 87%. Now, I... After the video store, I have a very movie-centric life. After the video store, I worked yes. at a cinema. I was a projectionist at a cinema. And we got to go, we got to see Guardians of the Galaxy two weeks early at an exhibitor's screening. Oh, nice. So I was very, I was very excited uh, yeah. to see that. There was, I was, I was with all my friends at the cinema. Uh, and we were like, because I obviously had no idea what embargoes were at that point. We were all like, so you can't say you've seen it. You can't say, and we were like, oh, like, wow, this is kind of cool. Like we're in the, look at us. It's anyway. It's not cool. It's, it's not cool. Embargoes yeah. suck it's now. So I, hate them. I hate them so much. Yeah. Imagine watching a movie. Do you know, the, and most recently, the one that annoyed me the most was old because I had to sign an embargo a week early saying, I can't even say it. I'm getting to see the movie or watching the movie until the review drops. And there's probably reasons for that. Um, yeah. But that's, that's the sort of thing for those who don't know for like a little inside baseball. Most of the time we're signing things that say we can't say we've watched movies or we can't talk about movies for a certain point. And, and if you go to a screening and there's free alcohol, oh, the movies terrible yes and anytime they're trying to lick you up for a good review anytime they put you yep. in gold class or they give you yeah. alcohol you know you're in for a, a very yeah. average a, movie a certain studio used to do that a lot it was they gold s- class screenings and you would get there and they're like order whatever you want off the menu and we're like serious if, if it's the same right? one i'm thinking cool. of they they still did it for Sweet. for a, a while until recently and yeah uh, the movie's <laughs> terrible but oh my god this burger is delicious <laughs> and this beer is really good so you're not gonna have more than one beer oh my god three and a half <laughs> four if i get dessert um so yeah, yeah. that's that's normally we don't do that <laughs> anymore <laughs> Uh, but that's that's the truth <laughs> as well. But um, so yes, I saw this movie at exhibitor screening, and we were walking out, and everyone was talking about how much they liked it, and I was the only person who was like, I didn't think it was that good. I was literally the only person who went, I don't, I don't think that was well, so right well. Now. But I I remember yeah. being like, oh. So I saw it again when it came out because like Brightburn, in the back of my head, like maybe I'm wrong. And I, f- I fell asleep. I fell asleep halfway through it. And mm-hmm. I think this is, this is what sucks. And this is, what I've, this is a, a note I wrote in capital letters. There are great moments in this movie. Yeah, there are fantastic sure. moments in this movie. Yeah. But not all of it melds well together to make a cohesive no. story. Uh, and that's very, very prevalent in the second act of this movie when the team split up and we're following three or four different things happening. I, I did not enjoy that. At the same time. Um, but we'll start at the beginning. Uh, we get the de-aged Kurt Russell, uh, who at that point we don't The technology really wasn't that great at that time. It was, yeah. it was not great at that time, yeah. but I kind of appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that Marvel were at least at the forefront of trying to use it, or Disney were trying to use it a bit more because obviously they use it in Star Wars as well. But 
we it alludes to the fact without confirming that this Kurt Russell character is going to be Peter Quill's long lost father. Mm. Um, so that was an interesting scene, but for me, the true opening scene is my second favorite scene of the movie, and as the opening credits where they're fighting the giant oh, alien. That scene. that scene is great because <gasps> all the fun action is happening in the background. But mm. they, James Gunn, the motherfucker, knew exactly what he was doing and sent and it. why people were there. Yeah. For little baby Groot dancing yeah. to Mr. Blue Sky, <laughs> which is hilarious. Like, I love that scene so much. It's funny. Yeah. Their Guardians are getting their ass kicked by this giant monster. And Groot's just there having the time of his life. We get all these nice little throwback jokes to the first movie. It's such a great opening scene. It's even like, and this is going to sound weird, um, in the Lego Marvel game. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 DLC. And the whole DLC is just that scene. And oh it's my God. like, it was like 10 bucks. I'm like, that is worth $10. <laughs> so- just to be able to play that scene. So you would play as the Guardians fighting that alien way. Yeah, so you like switch oh between God, the aliens, but mainly I just played as Baby Groot running around the edge. Like just <laughs> just dead. This I'm like, this is so good. Oh my God. Yeah. That's great. That opening scene's brilliant. It looks amazing too. Yeah, visually. Oh my Ooh, God. What like, an intro. Guardians like, 2 is yeah. all around visually amazing. Like that. this yeah. is like James Gunn really mm. coming into his own as a, as a director. And I think the budget was more. I would assume, surely, surely. Well, oh, I mean, no. Well, the I got same. Oh, really? One hundred seventy. So the first one was two thirty-two. Yeah, and this was two hundred. Oh, so thirty million less. Oh, that okay. seems interesting. But yeah, I mean, he's done very well with what he had. Yeah, yeah, for it, sure. Fucking looks incredible. This movie looks great. And I love, I yeah. love Drax going. He's like, we cannot pierce the beast. <laughs> we must oh stab god. it from within. <laughs> the invisible joke. Oh like, my god. He just, he like, I, I loved Drax way more in this movie. Yeah. But I think he was a different. You could see the development in his character. Yes. Yeah, for and sure. How he was fitting in with the group. Yeah. And that is probably my favorite part of Guardians 2. Yeah, for sure. I didn't. I'm sorry, but I just don't like Baby Groot. Wow. I, I just don't like Baby Controversial Groot. Controversial hot take. I like Groot. <laughs> I don't like Baby Groot. I'm sorry. I know I th- everyone thinks he's cute, but I just... But that's why everyone likes him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... See, I'm the same yeah. because... And I, I, I don't know if we share this sentiment, but I, I am the sort of person who's like, I will be okay if I live my whole life without ever having children. I'm okay with that. And I yeah, think yeah. that's the exact same reason I don't love baby Groot as much as everyone else. Cause I'm like, that to me is just a baby child that annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> An annoying little <laughs> child who I just want to swat away. <laughs> like a, throw it like a stick. Just Get see away. you later. <laughs> um, Where's the ladder? That's- um, <laughs> um, but oh, Mantis shit. was a good, really good addition. Really good addition. And a, a great that Drax had someone to bounce off of as well. Yeah. That's, yeah, their that's where I think that's great. That's where I feel like yeah. that development for Drax really comes into play as well. But mm. I also think Dave Batista 
got a lot better at his acting in this in this movie a million times <laughs> significantly yeah. and he is so funny the we were talking about the lines like the invisible scene is great giving his pep talk to peter is great but there is one <laughs> and I, i've never hidden away from the fact that i am just a juvenile delinquent but yeah. i fucking love the line when uh, Rocket and Quill are having sort of that like pissing contest when they're trying to fly through the asteroid field. Later on tonight, you're going to be laying down. And there's going to be something squishy in your pillowcase, and it's going to be because I put a turd in there. You put your turd in my bed. I shave you. Oh, it won't be my turd. It'll be Drax's. <laughs> I have famously huge turds. I pissed myself laughing. It's great. It's because you don't ex- again. You don't expect it in a Marvel movie. Yeah. But you don't expect that in general. But just yet, yeah, Batista is great. Drax is great. Um, but again, talking about things that sort of we don't expect in Marvel movies, mm-hmm. Yondu's introduction to this is after he's uh, assumingly had sex with space robot prostitutes because he's zipping up his pants in a brothel, in a space brothel, with sex robots that just turn themselves off after the deed is done. Now I can, that would fly over kids' heads. Like I can definitely see totally. how that, but yeah. I was watching, I was like, Oh shit. I was like, Ma- it, like James Gunn is really getting away with a lot of thought into this. Can I, say? I, I have a weird thought about it way more than I did. See, I have, I have this, it's almost like a tick that I have, that I have to look for the weirdest shit possible in movies. Like, nice. I can't help it. Okay. And that, to me, is what sticks out. And I'm like, Yondu's got space robot prostitutes and we're allowed to have this in a Marvel movie. <laughs> I, I can't help it. Um, the Ugh. weird sticks out to me and I always find it. Um, but we get, obviously, uh, Yondu is tasked with finding Peter and finding uh, Nebula? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. uh, the Elizabeth Debicki Gold Queen lady, uh, who, whose name I've forgotten, uh, is betrayed by Quill and Rocket. And they're, so they're, where they're fighting that alien at the beginning, that's who they're defending. Mm. Uh, and Rocket steals the batteries. Those batteries that cause a lot of strife for them throughout the whole movie, which I love is like a little MacGuffin. Like it's such an insignificant thing that is actually turns out to be a full character arc for rocket by the end of the movie. Um, so it's great that that gun was able to balance that, but we definitely got too many storylines and too many characters happening in this I, movie. Yeah. I thought it's, it was a bit of a mess. It's very, very bogged down by a lot. And I, I don't know whether it was James Gunn just being like, I want to introduce all these characters that I like, or Marvel was setting themselves up for these future properties. I feel like it was Marvel trying to set stuff right. up for yeah. the future because the first one was so successful. So they're like, what yeah. can we do that's going to, you know, keep right. Marvel in space? Yes. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing yeah, now, isn't it? Marvel that's, is. That's now. what I felt. Galactical. Um, and I just fucking hate Baby Groot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my gripe with the film is that there was such a strong emotional connection to Groot right and then baby Groot such a fucking pain that and probably going to be like, even more annoying as teenage Groot as well as teenage not... Groot right I know. god damn it um yeah fuck 
but that's uh, yeah i mean i there were so many moments in this film that i that i bought i bought into kurt russell and peter quill and their dynamic i really liked them together what about the hoff i mean that addition that it's just that one shot is fantastic is so good and then also having him in the fucking song at the singing the song in the end credits is great um oh god so funny great a great reference too for like the older people the older kids who are watching it you know what i mean like oh god hop in anything's fantastic but i bought quill and i bought uh his dad who you find out is ego Mm. the planet so like the planet who is going around and inseminating women across the galaxy to try and continue his legacy which is there's a lot of sexual themes in this movie now. I'm sort of breaking it down. Yeah, and it's such an unmarvel thing. Yes, to do yeah, that, right. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. basically admit that he's like, I literally just go around, have sex with all these women, find out that the kid isn't susceptible to my powers, and yeah. then just kill them. <laughs> and cut, and then we get Nebula and Gamora come across the fucking mountain of skeletons and dead bodies that egos left there uh which is fucked up uh but and before we go too too deep into that because obviously we want to talk about the the reveal and the twist of what ego does um there's still great moments throughout like i think rocket getting kidnapped by the ravages and we get the whole taser face scene where the guy's like my name is taser face and then he's like, why do you call yourself Taserface? He's like, it's metaphorical. Like, there's really funny, that James Gunn absurd humor. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's really, but in a movie where its second act is so long, mm. like the, the 30th minute to the, like, the hour 45 minute is way too long. Yeah. And it's just yeah. dealing with yeah. so much that could have been in a different movie. Um, yeah. I I think it is like a lot of stuff I've read is like, um, let me just see if I can quickly find it. Mm. Yeah. So Disney CEO, Bob Iger saying that their goal was to create another Avengers with this film oh. um, because the guardians had strong franchise potential. And yeah. Feige said that there were places they could take the franchise and characters where they'd like to go based yeah. on a wide array of characters, worlds, and storylines. So it definitely felt like the core of the movie was what James Gunn wanted. Right. And then Disney and Marvel going, franchise, franchise, yeah, okay. Okay. franchise for everyone. <laughs> um, you get a series, you get a movie. Yeah. You get a Disney movie. Plus series. Well, <laughs> Baby Groot is literally getting a getting Disney a, Plus series. I know, which is, yeah. Stab me that's, in the face. That's capitalizing um, on cuteness, is what that is. Yeah. Annoying yeah. cuteness. Um, I'm glad we're on the same page about baby Groot. I, I feel yeah. like I was not brave um, enough to I say was that until I found out. hate. So I'm uh, very happy. I'm glad I have an ally. Yeah. <laughs> my Twitter name is not the same as my name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that's, that's, I, I feel like I agree with you there. It's just sort of unfortunate that one of the best emotional writers in the MCU has had to succumb to that. Like, I really wish they sort of just let him have his own own thing. Mm. I've read since now with Karen Gillan saying that uh, Guardians 3 is the most emotional script she's read from James Gunn. 
Um, oh, that which makes me scared. makes me scared. That makes me scared too. <laughs> I I just I never really believe yeah. it when people <laughs> say that. Um, that could be it could be cynicism and skepticism, but more so in the sense of like, well, he's already done such a good job with the emotional arcs of this because obviously the big emotional yeah. arc in in this one is that he finds out ego is his father but also was the reason his mother died and that line yeah. reveal where he's like it was so hard for me to put that tumor in her head is a perfect reveal like the way it just yeah. casually comes out and you as the audience yeah. sit there and go oh fuck what a jerk yeah. and it's and it's i don't i don't think he always deserves it because i don't think he's He's only slightly becoming a better actor now, but Chris Pratt in that scene, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, okay, he sold me on that. There's yeah, the way his definitely. face just, and then he just shoots, just shoots the shit out of ego. Yeah. So like no hesitation, which is a great setup for why, when he does the same thing uh, in Avengers Infinity War, mm-hmm. he emotion when he, when he's faced with Gamora and I don't think it's as well done in Infinity War. But I know there was a lot of people who complained like, oh, Quill's just too emotional. Like, well, he literally does that in this well, movie. Yeah, look at Guardians 2, right? Yeah. yeah, they they at least established that he is he is a very uh, yeah. emotionally reactive person. I just don't think it was handled as well in Infinity yeah. War. Um, but that reveal is heavy. And it, I feel like James Gunn let the emotions sink in just enough before he went to sort of the... I like my phrase is CGI fuck fest. Like uh, that's pretty much what it becomes. And it, it goes back to the yeah, humor yeah. and the action for like a good solid 20 minutes uh, yeah. after that, which is, it was a fun scene. The action was fine. We get baby group with the bomb uh, and the random duct tape conversation, which I thought was pretty funny too. These quills flying around asking if everyone has anyone has duct tape, uh, um, which is pretty funny. But I feel like even sadder, and finding out how Quill's mum died is when we realize Yondu has to sacrifice himself to save Quill uh, with the what he only Quill has the spacesuit. Yondu has to wear the blasters, and they just shoot straight up. Was what was that? How did you find that moment? Yondu sacrificing uh, himself for Peter. It it was emotional, but I was so checked out of the movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because of the other yeah. stuff, it didn't I get that. have an impact. Yeah. Um. And I felt this way about a lot of Phase Three Marvel films. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok. I just didn't connect. Right. Okay. And Thor Ragnarok is a big one because that's vein. like the universally loved comedy film yeah, of the Marvel universe. I, yeah. I okay. Did not enjoy it. Damn. Um. But I am about to watch it for the second time. Same as Doctor Strange. So we'll see how we go. See how we go. Um, I did live in the Gold Coast and I remember it being ridiculously hot and the cinema's air conditioning wasn't working. Oh, fuck that. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Mm. Definitely would play. That could have played a part of it, right? Yeah. No, I Um, get that. Yeah, like hurry up, let's move me over. Um, (laughs) It's only two hours, 17 minutes long. What are you fucking complaining about? (laughs) It's only almost two and a half hours long. Yeah. With a with end credits uh, scenes throughout the whole end credits, so you can't get up at any point to go to the bathroom or get out of the cinema. You have to wait literally. Especially at that point in the yeah. MCU, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. Anyway, um, um, but yeah, look, I think yeah, definitely. Like when I watched it the second time, definitely more impactful. 
Yes, for sure. Um, I didn't connect with the Mary Poppins y'all the first time. <laughs> yeah. um, but I definitely did appreciate it way more the second time. I thought it was fu- I thought it was funny uh, the second time, but I'm the, I'm yeah. the same. Yeah. I, I even now I was like, oh, it's 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 fine. It's funny. I was like, Are you I get why it's in one there? of my favorite movies. <laughs> what are you talking about? And uh, this time I was less offended. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> you knew it was coming, so you knew what to expect. Um, yeah. But then even I like, I feel like that emotional moment is capped by the, the Ravager's funeral. When yeah. that scene is fucking brilliant. That whole, mm. like, I, I actually, so, I don't rate Quill's eulogy. <laughs> I, I think that scene could have used less humor where he's talking about, it's like, he's like yeah, David Hasselhoff and, chases chicks and drives kick-ass cars. Like, I feel like it could have used, like, had to use less a humor. A little bit more, yeah. Because then he has a he has a great moment with Gamora. Gamora has a great moment with yeah. Nebula. Then he has a yeah. great moment with Rocket. Like, there's really good emotional arcs that do come to a close uh, when yeah. Rocket sort of realizes he's a bit of a self-sabotaging guy. Like, he, love, he loves sabotaging himself. That's why he stole the batteries because yeah. he wanted to still... <laughs> feel relevant like I, I like those sorts of throwaway lines i think i get chris pratt as a heartthrob now oh I, totally yeah i and I, I i got it in the first one when he had his shirtless scene but this one now when he looks at gamora and does that little smile i saw that probably a hundred times as as a projectionist because we'd obviously we'd go in at the end of the movie yeah, to yeah. clean the cinema i saw that probably a hundred times and i was like Fuck man, that's a swoony smile. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I 100% get it. Uh and he does and then she says that's some unspoken thing and then they're obviously having their thing together. Fucking Cat Stevens' father and son is playing in the background just to <laughs> top it all off. An emotional song as that is. And yeah. then all the ravages come out and they're all doing fireworks and they're all saluting to Yondu and it's a oh, it is a yeah. beautiful ending. It is amazing. Yeah, it is definitely. It's just yeah. so unfortunate. It's an ending to the movie that preceded it, <laughs> like as a whole. Yeah. That's kind of what sucks. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just Guardians Two is one that I I love to hate and I hate to love. The, okay. I, I I have a very in because there's so I I would put some of the scenes in here as some of my favorite Marvel scenes. I think the Ravagers funeral is one of my favorite Marvel scenes in general. Yeah, and I think, yeah. And I think it only works because of the emotionality that's built up from the first two movies. So yeah. I can't be like Guardians 2 sucks because yeah. some of those moments are really, but it's definitely not one that I would revisit. If I was to watch standalone Marvel movies, I would pick Guardians this 1 over be this. And yeah, yeah. A whole yeah. lot of other ones, but I do love that ending. And then we get the slew of end credit scenes. There's five of them. Mm. Yeah, some, se- some of them are funny. Some of them are setting up the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic mm. or the next character of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously, we're going to see the the gold people come back. I can't remember what they're called, but the, the rich gold people with yeah. Elizabeth Debicki coming back. Um, we get a really fun one with Stan Lee at the end. Then we get teenage group as well. So guardians two is completely okay, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like is worse it's than saying it's bad. <laughs> fine. It's yeah. fucking fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of being fine. The, this is the first time I've ever done this on this podcast, but we're going to rank okay. the movies okay. uh, from we'll go from worst to best. 
Now Ooh. we don't. Okay. Well, I don't know your four. I don't know how you've no, ranked you this. Don't. So I'll say mine because you know mine. So I've ranked, and now I feel like I've almost talked myself out of this. I'm got. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change mine. Okay. I'm gonna rank. Oh. Guard, I'm going to rank Guardians two as his my least favorite of his movies. So Guardians the same. <laughs> okay, 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 good. So Guardians two is at number four for me. Yeah. Uh, number three, I've gone Super. What's yep, your number? Same. Okay. Oh well, wow. We've changed, we've changed it up a little bit. So uh, number two, I've I've gone Slither. <laughs> me too. Hey. Okay. And then number one. Guardian, so we have the exact same rank. So, yeah. well, yeah, <laughs> that is insane, right? Like, I but yeah. initially I had super at the end, and literally through this oh, conversation, wow. I've just gone, No, nah, I, I actually think I like super more than Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. 2, yeah. which is weird because I feel like I have more moments I love in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but super I can watch more as a whole, yeah, than Guardians over 2. and over, yeah. Definitely. Well, there we go, you know what they say, great minds think alike. <sighs> Uh, also, so the saying goes. Um, we briefly touched on it earlier, but some of your yes. you're cautious going into Suicide Squad as James Gunn's next movie. But do, what what are you, what are your expectations, or what is making you feel cautious about it? I am cautious because <laughs> it's DC making a movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow, that was harsh. No, um, no, I get that because net, I, like they're in a net negative of the percentage of movies that have been great. Like, and look, it's a low percentage for me, and a lot of it is honestly resentment towards how Zack Snyder's been treated. Yeah. So part of me doesn't want them to succeed. Fair enough. I want them to fall on their face and say, oh shit, we should have stuck with Zach. That's part, like, who, part of my Who now of signed a first look deal with Netflix today. Yeah, so no more DC. So no more DC. Fine. That's what but, Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's, I, it's... I didn't think that they were going to come back and say, sure, yeah. complete your trilogy of Justice <laughs> Which No, sucks. like anyone who honestly believed that was going to happen, no. Yeah. Anyway, I... Just think the the characters in this movie are so crazy yep. and out of the realm of known DC characters. Yeah. I feel like he's going to, I feel like it's going to be really long. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I feel yep. like it's going to be at least two and a half hours. I think it's it's um, been confirmed at two hours, 12 minutes. That's surprising. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is still I, long for me. Yeah. Like I, I want to, like, this feels like it should be a 90 minute action so, movie in the style of a nineties action movie. Yeah. I agree because, and just for, and for me as well, I, I want to get a uh, hashtag trending on Twitter is make movies 90 minutes again, because <laughs> I'm sick of watching. I had this conversation with someone a while ago. Anytime a screener comes into my inbox and it's over two hours, I go, like I'm going to have to sit either in my lounge room or on my computer chair for two hours, over two hours and have multiple distractions around me that can make me like not want to watch this movie. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. 
if I if we go to a screening and the movie starts at seven, yeah, and then you don't get out till nine, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the same. Thirty, I'm the same. Because I'm an early bird. Now I got to go home and write about it because it's out tomorrow. Yeah, that's at three oh one a.m. Oh man, because fucking time zones. God damn it! And I need to do it. And it, yeah. it makes me really jealous that people like you can come home and film a video, upload it, and, go <laughs> and then I have to sit here and try and write it and be like, oh, I know. Fuck. I, know. I actually think about this movie and go, you know what? I still don't know. So I'm going to go to bed and I'll just be late. Yeah. Oh, look, you. I know you're not the only one who does that. Like, I, like, I feel like I've cracked the code with the way I do. Because I just, yeah. I, like, I, I normally go to these screenings by myself. Like, uh, uh, and I sometimes take plus ones, like if they, if they want to go see, yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. it's very rare that like you always find someone to take. So I'm just in the car by myself practicing my review. I probably look like a crazy person to anyone who pulls up on the oh, lights and I'm so there. Exciting. Yeah. And then I just, I come home and, see, and film it. And yeah, I take there. my partner to all of them. Yeah. So it's like getting out of the movie and then have dinner yeah. on the way home or yeah. at home. And then it's 10 30 and it's like, oh man. See, my partner's selective. She does not like every movie. And her rationale is like, I just don't want to waste time on something I don't think I'll enjoy. And I think it's because I've burnt her before. Uh, I mistakenly oh, thought, no. I mistakenly told her that never, rarely, sometimes, always is pretty much like Juno. Like it'll be funny. I didn't know it wasn't going to be funny either. <laughs> <laughs> and we <laughs> and we that sat there. Is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> we sat there in that screening. No. And she walked out and she's like, it was good, but I'm fucking sad. And I didn't want to be fucking sad tonight. And I was like, oh no. I was like, I'm so sorry. You're so like, she's very selective now. Yeah, yeah. She was like, take me home. She's like, drop me off at home. I was like, we live together. She's like, just drop me off. <laughs> just keep drop going. me off at home and then you go do something else. You keep going. <laughs> I I did feel oh, bad. Man, I, I love that so much. <laughs> this shows this obviously speaks oh, speaks lots about so me good. as a as someone who wants to be a professional movie critic. Like, I didn't even look the movie up before we saw it. I just heard people liked it. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes it's okay to do that. Sometimes I prefer I like it. going in knowing nothing. I have prefer um, it. What movie this year? Land. I knew nothing about that movie. Right? And nothing. You. Apart from Robin Wright. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a rainy, cold Melbourne morning. Right. And it was a 10 a.m. screening. I love it. I had man. a coffee. It was in this cool little indie art house cinema yeah there was hardly anyone else that was greedy me and a bunch of murdoch uh, journos who never talked to you so i'm just sitting in the back like no you're loving it yeah (laughs) come on robin wright yeah something good and i just fully like leapt into that movie yeah god i rewatched it and i'm like oh (laughs) yeah 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 i i (laughs) i think it was definitely the experience more than the... than the movie itself. I love John <laughs> Cena. Yeah. Like he followed Novastream back on Twitter. No. Like, and I was like, this must be a fan account. I'm like, no, this is the John Cena. And he's liked a few of our tweets. And I'm like, like, I love no. you in train wreck. I know nothing about your wrestling career, but I love you in train wrecked. And Funny I can't in train wait wreck. to see you in this. Um and I keep saying train wrecked. <laughs> 
Spe- speaking of um, train wreck, I came home a few weeks ago and my partner was watching it and she specifically rewound because she didn't hadn't known I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, yeah. And I saw it when it came out and she specifically rewound to the John Cena sex scene. The funniest fucking scene in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to him and to his Peacemaker series. I'm really looking yes. forward to that. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I'm interested to see what happens with Margot Robbie and James Gunn together. I think yeah, it could be sure. a really good recipe and segue into James Gunn making a Harley Quinn movie Ooh. that doesn't involve any other side characters or groups or anything yep. and can be yep. its own thing and be R-rated and violent and bloody and sweary and twisted. Yeah, yep, for sure. Is my secret hope. And Ooh. I really hope that Polka Dot Man delivers. I hope so too. I hope so too because I also love Dave Desmalchen. And if you fuck up King Sharp, I will never talk to you again. King Shark voiced by Sylvester Stallone as well, which I kind of love. But I mean, yeah. I love that because Sylvester Stallone, I think, is a, just an odd choice. It's that James Gunn choice for me. So I feel like he kept the right people from the first film in here. Yeah. Yes. Definitely the sure. right choices. So yeah. For sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Fingers we'll crossed. See. Fingers crossed, James. I have faith in you. I'm just lowering my expectations so I can be blown away. It's the best way to do it. It's a defense mechanism. It's a defense mechanism. (laughs) (laughs) It's what I I do to get through the night. Five stars already. (laughs) Ready to go. I have the graphic ready to upload. (laughs) It's preloaded. I have a five and a one. It's now in your court. There's no, no in between. The ball is in your court. Well... Suicide Squad's out in cinemas here August 5, and then HBO and Max on August 6. Hopefully, you'll be seeing it earlier Hopefully with Fantasia Fest. HBO Max. No, I really hope by that point <laughs> we have a, a cinema release. We hope that all lockdowns and yeah. COVID-related things are coming to a close for this period of, uh, of time in Melbourne and Australia and the world would be nice too. Uh, that would be mainly Melbourne just for me to see. Mainly Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that, that wraps up the show. Alistair, thank you again for coming on. I do very much appreciate it. This was a fun chat. Having me on. That's okay. That was a lot of fun. Uh, for those who do their homework and watch along, I, I'm actually doing, I know this is the monthly movie marathon, but I'll be doing two in September. Uh, the main episode for September will be for the release of No Time to Die, the James Bond film. And for those ones, I'll be watching just the Daniel Craig Bond films. Uh, so if you want to do your research for that, you have till September 24th to do that. But there will be a special episode coming out at the beginning of September for a movie that I would say is near and dear to my heart. But not in the sense of I actually love it as a movie. I just love the experience I had watching the sequel uh, with a friend of mine. And it's also a film that my partner and her best friend adore because they love trashy movies. So for the release of After We Fell, I'm going to be doing a panel-esque discussion with myself, Peter Gray, my partner, Rhiannon, and her best friend, Georgia, about the first two movies, uh, and there may be alcohol involved, 
and I think it's going to be a fun time. I don't think I could pass up the chance to talk about those movies uh, and the cinematic masterpieces they indeed are. But that'll be coming well, in early September. Brave man. Brave, <laughs> brave man. I will be actively and intentionally watching both after movies for a second time in my life for this episode. In, in the interest of maintaining your relationship, I would be <laughs> very careful, very selective <laughs> about what you say and how you react. I don't think it's my episode on that one, to be honest. I think I'll be yeah, there. You just be I'll like, be, a, yeah. I'll be the sound mixing yeah. guy. I'll sit there and be the producer. <laughs> but that's, that's coming up on the monthly movie marathon. Alistair, thanks again coming on and we'll see you on the next episode of monthly movie marathon 